This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. Hey Lance, I think I've spotted the next villain we're going to talk about. Yeah? Who's that? You'll like her. She's perfect. Yeah, get all the puns out now. I have to do it in the intro. It's in the claws. This isn't furry. Funny. I meant funny. I'm really running away on this one. This went by fast. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today we're talking about the cheetah, that pun-oriented um, intro. We apologize to our listeners had for to do putting it. you through that. So, Lance, there was a lot to unpack with the cheetah, and a lot more than I think either one of us thought that we would find. Uh, we were like, yeah, let's do the cheetah. It'll be like, a, you know, a fun villain, just a little bit of info. It'll be a shorter episode. Man, there's a lot. There's an unbelievable amount of information for this character, but it kind of makes sense considering the fact that she showed up in 1943. Yeah. She's she's basically one of the first female supervillains um, arguably next to Catwoman, I guess that, that has been around for so long and has a very sordid history. So we're going to unpack it and we're going to talk about all about the cheetah and her history. So let's get into it. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. So, uh, cheetah is a villain in the DC comics universe. She is most often an antagonist to Wonder Woman. She does have a sordid history and there have been four different cheetahs in the history of DC comics. And we're going to discuss all of them, but we're going to focus most of time on the popular and current cheetah, Barbara Ann Minerva. This is also the incarnation that will be played by Kristen Wiig in the upcoming Wonder Woman 1984 movie. More on that later. In the Rebirth DC continuity, Barbara Ann Minerva was originally Barbara Ann Cavendish, and she showed an affinity for language and mythology at a young age. Her father looked down on her interest in myth, so she takes on her late mother's maiden name of Minerva. By 26, she has two PhDs, mastered seven languages, and on a dig in Ukraine, finds what she thinks is proof of the Amazons and almost finds the mascara. Later, Princess Diana returns U.S. Navy SEAL Steve Trevor to the United States, but Diana doesn't speak English, so guess who they call to teach her? Minerva. Uh, Dr. Minerva, as it were. So Diana and Barbara become friends. But Barbara and Minerva was still obsessed with mythology and divinity. And as she learns more about Wonder Woman, she gets obsessed with the divine and the gods and everything. And she gets funding from a mysterious organization, of course, to take an exhibition deep into the wilds of Africa, only to be trapped and forced to participate in an ancient arcane ritual that curses and transforms her with a power granted by the plant god Urzkortoga. <laughs> Urzkortoga. She becomes a supernatural cat-like humanoid with metahuman powers granted by that deity. Okay, so let's talk about the powers that the cheetah 
has. She has enhanced strength and speed well beyond that of most powerful felines, heightened senses of smell and hearing for hunts and night vision for stealth. Her reflexes and agility are similarly augmented, allowing her superior gymnastic abilities for inhuman mobility. These superhuman traits allow her to challenge Wonder Woman in physical battles. Additionally, her fangs and claws are sharp and strong, very much so. There are two more modern incarnations of the cheetah that possess possess superhuman powers. The earlier versions of the cheetah do not, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. Yeah, they just wear a cheetah costume and look interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, it's the power to change into the cheetah, which there's kind of two different versions of this. Originally, only be able to change during a full moon, so almost like lycanthropy, um, and remaining weak and frail in her human body, Barbara Ann Minerva was chemically enhanced by the sorceress Circe to remain in her cheetah body indefinitely and change at her own will. This also gave her dominion over all species of felines. In the New 52 continuity, Barbara Ann Minerva is shown to pierce Superman's invulnerable skin with her fangs just as easily as if he were human. So very powerful. Additionally, her bite transfers some of her powers into her victims, turning them into bestial human feline hybrids under her control. So again, very werewolfy, uh, but where cat where cheetah <laughs> later barbaran loses her ability to transform back into her human self but retained all of her metahuman abilities along with her bloodlust so obviously these powers have changed over the years they've kind of morphed there have been different versions and to find out more about all of these different versions and how the cheetah came to be we are going to go into the archives there is so much to unpack with this cheetah character when it comes to the creation of how she came to be. And for that, we go all the way back to 1943 in Wonder Woman Volume 1, Issue 6. Now, in this incarnation, her name is Priscilla Rich. And so this came out during those gold, that golden age of comics. It was only 10 cents for an issue, which I desperately wish that would return. So the, my <laughs> yeah, keep, wallet keep wouldn't hurt every single new comic book day. The funny thing is, is with Cheetah, her creators are almost more interesting than she is. There is yeah. so much going on, not only with just like just with Priscilla, as a creation, but then each incarnation, those creators have a lot going on too. Now, William Moulton Marston, he was an American psychologist who, along with his wife, Elizabeth Holloway, developed the early prototype for the lie detector, were in a polyamorous relationship with another woman, and, oh yeah, created Wonder Woman. (laughs) Hey, I'm a psychologist. I'm creating this lie detector. And also, let's make comics. Yeah, it's just let's just throw that on top of everything else in the 40s during a war. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. interesting. Like, how does that <laughs> priorities? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. And his life was so interesting that there is actually a movie made about him called Professor Marsden and the Wonder Women, which is about him and and his wife and their other uh, <laughs> other wife during this. Did you watch time. that? Yeah, I did. Is it good? It's it's actually really interesting. This this guy was something. He had a lot of very we'll say interesting ideas of opinions. Yes, very 
interesting. Well, as a as a psychologist, you tend to have pretty interesting opinions on things, but he is out there. There's there's a lot of stuff you can look up of what her, his ideas were and yeah, and his his interests into more colorful elements of submission domination very much mm. made their way into the Wonder Woman comic because yeah. she is either bound or someone is bound in right. every single the, issue in the beginning. The, the thing I remember studying Marston in uh, in college because I took a history of comics class yes. in my uh, grad don't, school. Don't we is, all? Uh, yeah, is um, he was it was this whole allegory with her magic lasso was this um, allegory for like um, submission and, and bondage and everything like that. And and there's this whole psyche, you know, he tries to justify it with like there's a psyche of like the women that, you know, how would they feel bound? But then they have to break this and then they have to have this lasso of truth. And it's a, you know, a symbolism for like women want men to tell the truth and we want other women to tell the truth. And it's it's this whole thing. You're like, what the <laughs> like, not just yeah, a cool I, rope. <laughs> I, I think you just like certain things in private. Uh, maybe he, maybe he did. Um, but you know, I think it oh, helps he that he did is, watch the movie. <laughs> he is a psychologist that there's definitely this whole, you know, I mean, he came up with a lie detector test and he, and he created, you know, wonder woman's lasso of truth. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. cheetah. <laughs> anyway so who else Sheeta. so he was so just that, a writer so who yeah so he was the writer and then for the the artist for the series was the man with three first names harry george peter who most of the time just went by hg peter for obvious reasons and he is also c- considered to be an uncredited co-creator of wonder I woman i haven't really heard about him too much yeah he was an american newspaper artist and cartoonist there there isn't too much information out there about him but he was part of that team that brought the original cheetah of priscilla rich to life so moving on to our next cheetah the second one is actually the niece of priscilla rich known as deborah domain which for she first appeared in wonder woman volume one issue 274 in 1980 so wow, big, so that's a that's a really long run for yeah, Priscilla Rich. Big gap between switching those characters up. Yeah. So that's that's during all of the Golden Age and Silver Age, like into the sixties and, and everything like that. And keep in mind, like superhero comics kind of had a, a lull in the fifties, and they kind of came back in the sixties. And DC, you know, had to kind of figure things out. So in the eighties is when they started really ramping up. Seventies and eighties they they started ramping up stuff. So it makes sense that the 80s they kind of changed this character up a little bit yeah so the creators for deborah this version of cheetah is a name that many of you will know if you have been around comics for a while is jerry conway he's the co-creator of punisher he was part of the incredibly um acclaimed amazing spider-man run about death of gwen stacy he he wrote a lot of major (laughs) spider-man stories and yeah, he, he's incredible. I actually got to meet him and he's super nice. Oh, nice. Um, cool. Yeah. Great guy. I have a, a Punisher collected volume signed by him. So did you ask him about Deborah Domain? I, I did not because I had. How dare no you? Cl- I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I knew uh, the cheetah's name was the cheetah before we did research for this. Character. Nice. OK, <laughs> yeah. so Deborah Domain. So Deborah Domain. 
so Jerry Conway was was the writer for that series or for this character, and Jose Delbo, uh, who was an illustrator on Wonder Woman and Transformers, was the artist. Oh, cool. Then we get to finally the third cheetah. We get to Barbara Ann Minerva, who is pretty much the the cheetah that everyone in modern comics knows as the cheetah, uh, which you've already mentioned. This is the character that Kristen Wiig will be playing in Wonder Woman 1984 whenever that comes out because everything just keeps getting pushed back. Barbara Ann Minerva's first appearance was Wonder Woman Volume 2, Issue 7, all the way in 1987. So only a seven-year run where uh, Deborah really got to reign, not as long as her predecessor. Yeah, she was the Jason Todd of Cheetahs. Yeah. But you like Jason Todd. Except Jason Todd came back as a way better character. That's right. So, you know, maybe Deborah Domain will come back. You never know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the creator for Barbara and Minerva is Len Wayne, who is um, is an incredible writer. He is a co-creator of Wolverine, Swamp Thing, Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, uh, and uh, sadly is no longer with us but a very prolific author in DC and comics in general. And the illustrator uh, for this character was George Perez, who, again, is a titan in the industry. Um, He has done work on Avengers, Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and, of course, Wonder Woman. Yeah, pretty much any any, uh, panel where you see, like, a zillion characters from like the DC universe or from the Marvel universe or both. <laughs> like he, like that was George Perez. Like it's in the eighties and nineties. Like that was, that was a classic Perez thing. And I think George Perez from an artist standpoint is like one of those people. Like you're like, Oh, it's amazing. Or it's like, Oh, oh George Perez. Why would you <laughs> like, kind of like kind of curse, you shake your fist in the air. Like don't <laughs> you're raising the bar too high george perez yeah he his art is stunning it's to crazy look at. yeah i feel like it's a little dated now i mean like there's there's you a can, little it's it's very in it it's, in it's, its, time, of its time but you know? it, it's one of those things it's the same thing when you think about like early spider-man art so like your sure. steve ditko john ramita senior so yeah. They their art is so iconic and beautiful, but you can tell it was from a different era, for sure. Uh, but it's still something where you look at and you're like, "Wow, they're they are crazy talented." So just during this time period, so 1987, with these two creators coming together, Len Wayne and George Perez, they wanted to do something more with this character. Um, they wanted to do more with Wonder Woman in general, so they wanted to. Uh, be be written more wonder woman to be written more as like this feminist character to incorporate a lot of the greek mythology into the series do a lot more research uh, as far as that's concerned add in all these different characters that they could bring in and they they added a depth and relatability to wonder woman as well as the villains like cheetah and they gave cheetah an improved backstory better better character design she actually had powers now unlike her predecessors which were just women in a cat suit Um, yeah so this 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 cheetah could go toe to toe with wonder woman like it makes sense i think that was probably one of the big criticisms of the character is like well 
Wonder Woman could completely you yeah, know, clean she, up. Wonder Woman with, uh, can can swing with Superman, and she can't take out this regular person that's just in a cat costume. Yeah, yeah. so it makes sense that she is uh, amped up with like similar godlike, you know, mythology based powers. So, and it was a it was a good change. Yes, far improved. And and then we we get to what I'll say is not uh, an improvement. Uh, the the fourth sometimes cheetah, you know you got to experiment. A you got to experiment with it. You gotta try things out. It yeah, could have been great. Let's you do. So in two thousand and one, in Wonder Woman Volume Two, Issue One Forty, uh, the character of Sebastian Ballesteros is brought in. And he is the first and only male cheetah that there has been in comics, uh, for good reason. And uh, the creators for this character are Phil Jimenez as the artist. He did Wonder Woman, Infinite Crisis, New X-Men. And uh, pretty fun is Joe Kelly, the author. So he's pretty much known for giving, uh, being a part of giving Deadpool the personality that we really know him having today breaking the fourth wall things along those lines this this character though it's an interesting take but i don't think it lands very well uh and during this time wonder woman is this multi-talented scientist and activist she's doing all these things around the world she wants to improve female independence and sebastian serves as this antithesis to that idea that the previous cheetahs have failed in their their conquests because they th- he believes that a, a man with these cheetah powers would be able to do it much better. But then they bring back Barbara into the storyline and she, in order to regain these cheetah powers that Sebastian has essentially stolen from her, she's trying to get back into favor with Urzkar Taga. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Urzkar Taga. There, there we go. Let's just, every time we're supposed to say that name, let's just... Fill in the audio clip of you saying that right now. Earth Cartago. There we go. Perfect. Uh, so she gets her powers from Earth Cartago. And uh, she wants to get those powers back. So she goes to another deity and uh, uses their powers to then com- uh, combat Sebastian, which doesn't work. And so she waits till he's sleeping and she kills him. And then the powers just come back to her. Mm. So she loses in that battle to gain favor and then just takes him out. And then she gets her powers back. Uh, Luckily, uh, after or in 2011, when New 52 did their reboot or when DC did the New 52 reboot, I should say, Sebastian was pretty much erased from continuity. Uh, However, there is a nod to him in Justice League. Because Barbara Ann Minerva, one of her aliases, she goes by Sabrina Ballesteros. So there's there's a head nod to him, but not much. A little wink, yeah, a little so, Easter egg. Yeah, so luckily Barbara Ann Minerva, technically she's considered the, the third and fifth cheetah because she just takes gotcha. back the mantle. Let's talk a little bit about the comic and the world around the cheetah. So 
uh, aliases for Barbara Ann Minerva. Um, she has used, like you said, um, Sabrina Ballesteros. Uh, she also has also used the names Deborah Domain and Priscilla Rich um, in in the newer continuity as aliases for herself. I, I'm adding a new segment to the About the Comic, which is costumes, which uh, I feel that is kind of appropriate for, for Cheetah. Costumes for Cheetah. So the first one is a costume that looks like a cheetah. If you've ever seen Challenge of the Super Friends, uh, you know, it's basically she's in a cheetah jumpsuit. There's a little hole where her head pops out, but everything else, it's like this little, you know, cheetah ears and she's got a tail. You know, it's it's covering her hair. And it's it's like a cheetah costume. Yeah, it, um, it looks like something that you would buy from a Hot Topic for Halloween. Yeah. That's just a yeah. complete onesie. And I think in the in the first one, you know, it, the head is even it, it's like this little cowl that you would put on, like like a cute little hat you would get from um, from like a website. You know, it's just like oh, I'm going to get my little cheetah hat. Uh, so yeah, with the ears and everything. Yeah. With the little ears. Um, now the second one, so for, um, Deborah domain, she uses a cheetah jumpsuit also, but this one does not use any kind of head covering except for little cat ears. She basically just becomes a cat girl. And then she has long red hair, which is flowing. And then the jumpsuit, uh, because it's the eighties is this low cut V neck, <laughs> It goes down to her belly <laughs> button. It goes really down pretty low, you know, has a little, you know, just V and, and then she's got some claws. So that's her eighties outfit. And then, uh, so, and then with Barbara, there are two. So at first she is a cat like humanoid. So she is basically a humanoid, but she still kind of has human features of the face, but she has her long hair. So kind of taking the long hair thing from the previous cheetah, but then she becomes completely cat-like. So her facial features, her eyes, her nose, the kind of feral instincts, the ha- the hair goes away um, in terms of like the long flowing hair. It is just like, I am a cat. It's almost like a werewolf, but like a were cheetah. Yeah, it was, like, in, like it was in, it switched over in Rebirth. So in 2016 is when that one, I actually like the Rebirth version more. So yeah, they definitely... They make her more animalistic in the new 52, but it's still and and there's, you know, the pointy teeth and it gave her the kind of glowing red eyes. And there's not really much of a costume <laughs> so much, which it's always been like when I've seen Cheetah before, you know, she's got this. She has female yeah. body form. She's female anatomy, but it's this sort of costume like things that should be there are not there. And, and in the animated versions, you'll notice that like there's versions where cheetah is wearing like this little, almost like um, like speedo or she's wearing like little halter top. And it's like, yeah. and I can see why they did that because there's this awkward, like her breasts are just mm-hmm. out, but they're covered in yeah, fur. The it's, it's, funny it's thing weird. about that so, is recently on funny thing about media, breasts. <laughs> yeah. On social media sites, there was a recent cover for, uh, a Wonder Woman comic where the cheetah is on the front and the same thing, there's breasts that are covered in fur and uh, social media sites were flagging it. Yeah. And so they had to blur the, <laughs> the the cheetah's breasts. Which I'm sure made it even more suspicious. <laughs> yeah, which probably upped the sales anyway. <laughs> yeah. So for the fourth cheetah, for Sebastian it kind of just takes it to a ridiculous level. I mean, everything that we've said before with 
the Barbara and Minerva version, it's a he's in a full cheetah animalistic, you know, body kind of transformation. But he also has this huge mane of hair like a lion. So he's not Mm -hmm. he's kind of a cheetah lion, you know, with the tail. It, it, It doesn't really work. It's like there's cheetahs don't have big lion manes. So they're like, well, he's he's a man. So yeah, he's, he he's has got a mane. Big lion mane. Have you seen a cheetah? Yeah, he, he reminds me of like he reminds me of a nineteen eighties uh, heavy metal rocker that yes. would just like dress up like is, that. Yeah, with like the long flowing hair and yeah. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of hair hair metal uh, <laughs> front men that have worn cheetah print yeah. leggings on stage. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Think about a heavy metal hair band guy from like the 80s that's in a leopard jumpsuit and that's sebastian yeah there you go so that's that's the costumes for the setting of for the cheetah you know she is all around the dc universe various locations often in jungle settings because a lot of her storylines involve like her as an archaeologist and uh generally where wonder woman is or Wonder Woman goes after her. Um, in the Barbara Ann Minerva version, she is an archaeologist, but uh, Cheetah has also been a genetic scientist. In her earlier incarnation, she was a socialite and a debutante running museums and things like that. So um, she has been uh, had some different jobs there. Commonly affiliated with the Legion of Doom, the Injustice Gang, Villainy Incorporated, the Secret Society, the Super Foes, and the suicide squad. She has been a member of each one of those. And in the animated versions, we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, she makes a lot of cameos because she's often credited as just being, you know, one of those characters that you can just kind of put in any of these groups. So yeah, she's definitely been, um, in a lot of them. One of her big supporting characters in rebirth, DC rebirth was Veronica kale in rebirth. Veronica kale is a super billionaire pharmaceutical mogul, sort of like a Lex Luthor type supervillain. She's head of a organization called God watch, a mysterious shadow organization. Remember that earlier where somehow um, Minerva got funding for going to uh, on a hunt. Uh, Mm -hmm. Guess who funded it? Uh, So because she's also, um, manipulated by the sons of the God of Ares, <laughs> who is also a foe of Wonder Woman, to find the location of Themyscira. So in Rebirth, one of the big mysteries is Wonder Woman forgets or doesn't know where Themyscira is. And there's a lot of people that are f- trying to find it for various reasons, for wealth, for fame, for revenge, to kill people, to wipe it out, to whatever. So uh, that's a whole nother thing to go into. Anyway, uh, so Ares and his sons are trying to find that and they figure, hey, we're going to use these humans to do it. So the first person they get is Veronica Kale. Veronica Kale hires Barbara Ann Minerva, who is a famous archaeologist who has some leads into finding this. And she has found some hints of finding the culture of the Amazons. Uh, Veronica Kale uh, funds her trip into uh to to send her where she's going to eventually become the cheetah. But she's working with these gods who basically think that they know if they are able to turn Minerva into a demigod with cat-like abilities, that she'll be able to find Themyscira more easily. I don't know where the logic is for that. But you know, I I try to turn myself into many things in order to find even smaller things in an entire continent. So, you know, 
I mean, there's 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 some logic to that, I guess. Uh, I see so it. Clear logic. Another supporting character for Barbara Ann Minerva is the Flash villain Zoom. Now, if you're not familiar with Zoom, when we talk about Flash, or maybe we'll have a Zoom episode. You never know. So there's a character named Zoom. You might have seen it from the Flash TV show. Not to be confused with Reverse Flash. But for a time, when the comics looks like he has the like, same exact costume as Reverse Flash. Yeah. So for a brief time, Barbara Ann is in a relationship with the supervillain Zoom, and Zoom convinces her and helps her achieve her metahuman speed by suggesting suggesting that she murder the original Cheetah, Priscilla Rich, who is still a- alive in the Rebirth timeline, uh, thus establishing herself as the true Cheetah. So she gains this sort of, you know, metaphysical power, which is weird because. Priscilla Rich never was really shown with that, but for some reason she gets more power when Minerva kills her. So whatever. Uh, There's also a character named Lieutenant Etta Candy, who's uh, a lieutenant in the U S army in the rebirth version and like later versions of wonder woman. But in the early one, she was kind of like a socialite. So that's kind of fun. And she's when she's Barbara and Minerva, she's often seen traveling and, and, and doing U S army work with uh, Etta Candy, which is a fun name um and then antagonists for cheetah we have of course wonder woman steve trevor a mainstay in the wonder woman canon uh flash aquaman batman superman and other dc heroes she has taken out some major heavy hitters in dc canon i think there was one article that i was reading that said she she uh defeated dark side in battle once like what and i was like what the it's <laughs> but, like squirrel girl taking out thanos yeah yeah so uh, uh, you know there's there's uh she she definitely in this later incarnation where she has the power has a lot of um abilities uh, because she's got the, the backing of a god so and that and that god's name is what again Katanga. Maybe we'll take a break now. Yeah, I think break now is good. All right, let's, let's take a quick little break and then we'll be back with more on the cheetah. Hey, everybody, you've heard us talk about our host site, The Geekly Grind, before. The editor in chief of the site, Jeremy, was even a guest on our last episode, Die. Well, now there's even more to geek out about. The Geekly Grind just celebrated its fifth anniversary, and to commemorate this milestone, we're proud to announce the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Right now, the network features three geek-centric podcasts. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, featuring weekly episodes about anime and manga from Viz and Funimation. Knights of the Roll Table, a funny and family-friendly D&D role-playing adventure with original homebrew settings. And of course, Comic Book Keepers, the podcast you're listening to right now. We're also on the lookout for other geek-centric podcasts, so if you know one, or make one, be sure to tweet us at The Geekly Grind and let us know about it. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for geeking out. So Lance. Yeah. We've been pretty busy uh, since we've launched. Since we're recording this episode, we have since launched our um, our first episode the Ninja Turtles episode, which for us has been Mm -hmm. a while ago, but for you guys listening might've just been like yesterday, which is interesting. Yeah. So time is, is weird, but um, we are pretty active on, on Twitter and um, you and I are both posting a lot on our Twitter, which is at CBK cast. If you want to follow the things that we're posting, learn more about the current characters that we're talking about and find out about contests and things that we're doing, uh, follow us on Twitter at CBK cast and also 
on Instagram at CBKCast. You can find out about the latest what if ideas or submit any questions or comments about anything that we discuss in the show. Comic Book Keepers is also hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out the composer of our amazing theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop RPGs, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. You can find his work at Arcane Anthem on Twitter, TikTok, and find all of his free available music on Patreon at Arcane Anthems. And his first album just came out on Apple Music oh, and Spotify. So um, you can listen to all of the music. It's so good. Right now, it's great. It's just you can just play it in the back of your game or whatever you're doing. It's it's amazing. I just listened to it when I was driving around today. <laughs> there you go. So let's get back into it. Sorry, big boy. Your message in a bottle will have to wait forever. How did you? This charming little bobble. The amulet of Oris Cartaga channels the full mystic powers of my feline namesake. Magic, Superman. Something to which you are particularly vulnerable. Lance, do we have any issues or run storylines that we want to recommend for people that want to find out more about the cheetah? Yeah, there's there's a few that I think would be a good starting place for people. The first first one I would probably say is just because it's it's really fun to get the feel of that old timey writing from back in the day. So yeah. I would say read Wonder Woman Volume One Issue Six uh, from 1943. So this is you're, you're going to be reading about Priscilla Rich uh, as the cheetah. You're probably going to find a reprint somewhere, you know? Yeah. And you can find it like there's, there's plenty of, of online databases that you can find too, like with different, with different uh, subscriptions in order to be able to get, read this issue. It won't be hard to find just because it's a big deal. This, this series is, it's fun to just read and look at the art just because it throws you back to just this that that golden age of comics but within within that issue you get to see the uh, like there's the bondage element that you see immediately in the story you get to see how Priscilla is uh, really jealous of of uh, Diana there's something really funny that they do in this issue is they give wonder woman the ability to you to do ventriloquism oh yeah like out of nowhere it's just she's on stage as diana and she's she like performing her voice for a as, charity event like it's, yes and she throws her voice off to off the stage to the side so that as wonder woman so then she can run over change and come back out as wonder woman and then she swings a grand piano around the audience's heads with her lasso she really is a Wonder Woman. Yes, she is. But there, there is some crazy stuff going on in this, this, in this issue. Can I talk about what Priscilla does? She so she's at this charity event and she's given the she's kind of one of the presenters to present Wonder Woman and she goes up to talk and the, the audience is like, "We want Wonder Woman," and she's like, "Oh, okay, uh, right, great." And so the Wonder Woman comes on. She's already been miffed once, and then later she's like, "You know what?" 
Wonder Woman really made me upset and I'm going to try to frame her. So she sneaks back into the museum where this fundraising event was and steals all the money and then blames it on Wonder Woman. And then Wonder Woman gets arrested somehow. And then, and then, then she gets, you know, figures out like, Oh, it's, it wasn't her. Like it's the, it's Priscilla. Uh, and so they, they find out that she has the money, but there's this whole, like another character named courtly darling, who is a, man that priscilla was going to take her to dinner but then he ends up ditching priscilla and going with wonder woman to the 400 club and so that was like the final like how dare you <laughs> like this yeah wonder woman you know this is a you you totally ghosted me and and now you're going out with wonder woman and how can i compete with that so yeah you know and so she she has the split personality she's like venting into the mirror and then yeah, her, she has she has a straight up smeagol golem yep Norman Osborn from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man conversation with herself in the mirror. She's like, no, I'm in charge and you're going to do what I say. And and we are the cheetah now. And she picks up the rug, which is a cheetah rug, and she makes a costume and she basically becomes the cheetah there. So there's that. That's a issue that if you ever get a chance to read, I, I was flipping through it a little bit in this research and it's pretty interesting. It's It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Just, just those little slights. Yep, you are now my nemesis, and I'm trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Don't ghost people. <laughs> uh, that's the moral of that story. Uh, and and then I would say the next poll I would do is Wonder Woman Volume Two, 1987. So this is going to be the first time you meet Barbara Ann Minerva. But read issues seven through nine. So seven is just where you first meet Barbara. But then issue nine is where you get to see her as the cheetah for the first time. And the cover is actually really sought after. If you see it in shops, I would grab it. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool cover. The, the way it's designed is pretty fun. Uh, Within the story, uh, Barbara develops this passion for archeology. span She then has a ritual performed on her, because she believes that it will grant her immortality, but because she's not a virgin, which what the ritual called for, the blessings of the cheetah essentially turn into this curse where if she's in her human form, she has severe pain and disabilities. But then if in when she's in her cheetah form, she has this bloodthirsty urge to eat and people and drink blood. Yeah, it's like cannibalistic, which is not good. Yeah. So it, it gets a little dark. It got it got a lot darker for the cheetah, but it made her a much more of a formidable foe. Another one that's on my list is uh, Flash 219 and Wonder Woman 214, which is an arc called Truth or Dare, which is Wonder Woman and Flash versus Cheetah and Zoom. You remember how Cheetah and Zoom have a thing? So and it kind of makes sense that like Cheetah would also... Uh, mess with flash because they're speed based and there's a lot there going on there. So that that's, that was kind of a fun one. If you want to get some other heroes uh, mixed in there and um, uh, that that's, I didn't read all of it, but you know, just kind of flipping yeah. through stuff. I was like, okay, that's fun. The art looks fun. Yeah. The, the crossover is interesting. And then them swapping the villains that they're fighting in the book was yeah. really fun. Yeah. That's, that was, that was cool. Then I would probably say the final suggestion for reading would be the 
kind of latest iteration from the Wonder Woman Rebirth series from 2016. Now this is that this is where they're they might be pulling in for Wonder Woman 84. So uh, within this storyline, which was uh, written by Greg Rucka, the artist was Leon Sharp, and I have to give a shout out to the colorist Laura Martin on this because the colors in this run are beautiful. I really enjoyed the art a lot, and the writing was very well done. This uh, gets into the complicated history that Wonder Woman and the Cheetah have. There, there was this, there's this oh, origin that they tweak a little bit here, where, uh, where Wonder Woman and Barbara are friends. They develop a really good friendship, and as uh, Barbara is going off to do this excavation. Uh, because she's really into archaeology and Wonder Woman gives her this bracelet that she can communicate with her if she needs help. Mm. But during that time she was heading out for a trip, and that disables it. And so when she runs into problems and uh, she's like running into the Earth's Cartaga and being turned <laughs> exactly being turned into the cheetah. Diana doesn't come because it doesn't work. And that's where that hatred and anger stems from. And within this storyline, it's really about trying to find that friendship again. And Wonder Woman is brought in to help Barbara to defeat and then hopefully return Barbara back in just to her human form. So she no longer has that cannibalistic, uh, bloodthirsty desire. Yeah, and she basically says, like, I'll help you defeat this god. And if you, as your uh, archaeologist form, because you know the most about helping me find Themyscira. So they're, they're, it's, it's making it very personal. It's not just like a revenge thing. It's like, we need each other. I need to help you. I'm sorry I didn't come. And so it's a really definitely like tied in, um, you know, their, their, their origins almost to each other, which, which yeah. is kind of cool. And it made it very personal. I, I like, I like the storyline there. And so that's probably like a really, like you said, that's a really good one to read before the movie comes out. If you want to get a little bit up to date and um, it's the most recent one. So there's not really like a cheetah miniseries or anything, and you have to kind of find some of these issues, but I think just getting that, that Wonder Woman rebirth around that was 2016. So, you yeah. know, the first couple of it, first couple of storylines or graphic novels from that run of, of Wonder Woman um, will will get you that cheetah storyline. What do you want, cheetah? To hurt you, Diana. What else? <laughs> that bracelet trick always impresses me. At least I got to you once. We're going to move into adaptations of the cheetah. And cheetah is one of those characters that has shown up multiple times in various incarnations, but never really has been featured up until this movie that's coming out, which is really interesting. She's been in a ton of stuff over the years, but she's always been a supporting player or a member of a villain team. So we're going to kind of break down animation, some films, 
and video games. And I'll just give you kind of a quick list. But there's been some really awesome voice actresses that have played Cheetah. So the, the first one I think I should mention in animation is one of them that I grew up with. And my first sort of exposure to the Cheetah, which was from Challenge of the Super Friends. Uh, oh, which boy. is when I was growing up as a kid. And this is the first time, you know, like we watched all this, the Justice League and they were called the Super Friends in that time. And Challenge of the Super Friends was basically every episode was like, let's pit, you know, Superman and Green Lantern and <laughs> Apache Chief against. You know, oh, like, man, Apache Chief. <laughs> I forgot about it. It was always Apache like t- it was like two of the heavy hitters and one like third tier you know like uh you know the wonder twins uh, black lightning yeah i mean well this is not this was like everybody is they they had this whole list of people from justice league but i don't think they called them the justice league they called them super friends and they had the legion of doom so cheetah was a member of the legion of doom she sat around the table with everybody else lex luthor and brainiac and captain cold and, and uh giganta and you know so and she always had these amazing like cat puns and and yeah hence the intro i blame the show for our intro now so that was that was the priscilla rich version and she was wearing a cheetah outfit with the sort of like face cut out um she was voiced by marlene aragon and i have to say that there was an episode that really stood out to me and, and doing this research i was like i remember this episode so there's an episode where three of the villains go back in time and they're like we're gonna stop Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman from becoming who they are. And so Cheetah went back in time when Diana was on Themyscira and is taking the trials to become Wonder Woman. Priscilla Rich is, you know, she takes off her Cheetah outfit and kind of sneaks in and dresses up as an Amazonian. And because she has these powers in, in, in this incarnation, Priscilla Rich has powers. She competes and she sort of sabotages Diana and she wins and she becomes Wonder Woman, thus erasing Wonder Woman Diana Prince from the future timeline. Now, of course, the Super Friends find out about this. Uh, they come back. Flash, you know, goes back and like messes her up again. Flash, you know, with yeah, Cheetah constantly messing with time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but but for its time, like this is like in the eighties, maybe the late seventies. I want to say eighties, but uh, it was like, oh man, what a cool storyline. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually really interesting to mess with. Um, and it was a, it was a, a great episode. That's one version. Um, uh, she was also in Justice League Unlimited, uh, voiced by Cheryl Lee Ralph. She is a in this version, she is a humanoid wear cheetah. You know, she has that kind of cat appearance. Justice League Unlimited was in the like the early two thousands, and the, the one thing amazing that stood out series. to me, yeah, it was uh, amazing. Uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. There is a sequence where. Batman finds her, uh, you know, she's, she's in this, in this universe, she's a, she's been, she's a scientist that's been messing with genetic mutation. And I didn't even realize I was like, Oh, that's cheetah. Like it's, it's kind of is a little vague. And so she's like trying to help out and she's kind of like anti-hero and she makes out with Batman a little bit. Like they kiss and it's like, what the, <laughs> so Batman can't keep himself from, he likes those cat women. Character. I mean, like it's, yeah. So, um, so that's just a thing unlimited. And, you know, she pops in a couple times in a, various episodes. And before we get into the film, she's in Batman, the brave and the bold. And this is again, the Priscilla rich version um, and brave and the bold it, it takes an interesting kind of stylistic approach. It sort of, it's this really, 
almost like 60s 50s design as uh, very like blocky design everybody's like super swole and but but in a way that it's like it's it's very like uh noble and not you know not darkly animated it's um it's kind of very kid friendly the cheetah version that pops up in these episodes is voiced by morena baccarin who is um mm. from firefly most people know her from firefly mm. and uh and and she's this you know wears the little face cut out and everything like that. So um, she's also in the DC animated films. Uh, she pops up in Justice League Doom. She's voiced by Claudia Black from Farscape, another amazing actress. In Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts, which I think was on Netflix, uh, she was voiced by Laura Bailey from Critical Role. Laura Bailey, <laughs> a little shout out for you critters out there. And you know she was in a bunch of like she was in Justice League War. She was in. DC Superhero Girls, a uh, very fun version there, voiced by Tara Strong. That's a, a, a fun show yeah. on Netflix. Um, very cool, like kid-friendly animation. But um, the version of Cheetah there is called Barbie. It's Barbara and Minerva, but she goes by Barbie, and she's this like popular yeah. kid, and she's that super rich. But yeah, so that's yeah. a fun version as well. And then, of course, she's shown up in a couple of uh, video games. DC Universe Online. She was in Justice League and Justice for All. She was in Little Big Planet 3, <laughs> which is interesting. What? I guess there was a DC tie-in in Little Big Planet 3. All right. Most notably probably is in Justice 2. She was a playable character in that. And she was also in Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham. Uh, she was a Lego. That's when you know you made it when you're in a Lego game. For sure. The big one that's coming up uh, as of this recording that hasn't been released yet is Wonder Woman 1984, and she will be played by the amazing and versatile Kristen Wiig. Um, and from what we know, we haven't actually seen, as of this recording, a visual of what the cheetah will look like, although so there's, there's some like photoshopped, you know, kind of guesses of what the, she might turn into or what she's going to look like. But she seems to be, they've shown Barbara Ann Minerva the character that she's playing she's very like kind of shy and she's a scientist and she's whatever you know she's kind of and then they have a shot of her like looking at a museum and she's looking at some cheetahs and stuff so you know it's it's like we we don't know what what she's going to play and what what how she's going to be involved in the movie but it's going to be interesting uh how they uh show her and i'm wondering if they're going to go like full fur cat woman or if they're going to do like some sort of clothing covering up yeah, I'd be surprised if it was just an outfit. I think they have to go, like, metamorphosis change. It's just a matter of if they go the more human-looking cheetah or if they go the more animalistic-looking cheetah. It's all about good camera angles and good CG and being respectful to the actress. So uh, I'm I'm sure uh, Patty Jenkins will do great, and I'm very looking forward to seeing how they're going to portray this character in live-action. Because she is an amazing character. She is a fun character to yeah. read. And I definitely have much more respect for Cheetah. Like, I've seen Same. her a lot in all these different versions. But I'm like, I didn't know that she had such a deep history. So it's it's really interesting to see what she's going to become. And, and I think she's just going to go next level after this movie comes out. Yeah. So get those first appearances while you can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because they're definitely going to go up for sure. Now that we've talked about the adaptations, let's move on to our what if segment. With each episode that we do, we really want to be 
talking about what nerds talk about best. And that's kind of like our fever dream ideas that we have for the comics that we love. This week, we thought it would be interesting to see what if you could change into a humanoid-animal hybrid, become a villain, and then who would your arch enemy be? And we're going to keep this within DC as far as enemies are concerned. Okay. So, Chris, who have you or what have you decided to turn into? I picked uh, I picked an otter. <laughs> Uh, and I would be called the otter, but I'd be a villain named the otter. And, and, and I would, my arch nemesis would be Aquaman and Aquaman has the oceans, but does he have all the rivers? Like, is is he able to swim upstream? Otters are incredibly versatile and fast. And, um, you know, they're, they're really cute and they can kind of float and do that whole thing where they crack nuts on their, on their chest and everything. So I think, (laughs) I think uh, as the otter, I would have, you know, strong hands and I would be able to float and I would be able to, um, I'd have this witty charm that I'd be able to capture people's attention with when they're supposed to be focusing on something else. You would have a super popular YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like, I'd be like, Hey guys, this is the otter. Yeah. So (laughs) I would, I would, I would definitely be, um, the otter and and have to fight against Aquaman probably would be easily defeated, but but he would be torn punching you in the face because you'd be adorable. Yeah, he wouldn't want to punch me because I mean it's it would be adorable. Let's be that's honest. that's your superpower, just super adorability. I mean that, and I use um, rocks to crack open shells and and Good. Um, crustaceans and mollusks and Perfect. stuff like that. I had a hard time. Finding an animal that DC hadn't already turned into some type of hero or villain. Same thing. Same thing with same thing with Marvel. I I didn't I kept putting in an animal name. I'm like, there's no way that this is a thing. And it was a thing. <laughs> and it, it was like incredibly obscure and super old, but didn't care. So I found something that I think hasn't been made into a comic book character okay. in like a major comic book publisher, like the big two. Okay. I'm going with a, I think it's pronounced pangolin. Now this thing, pangolin, a pangolin, not not penguin, pangolin, pangolin, pangolin. Okay. It is a mammal that has scales like a reptile. So think armadillo, and it does the same thing when it gets scared or trying to protect itself, it rolls into a ball, but it also has this uh, tail that can get kind of long and it has sharp, like sharp scales on it that it uses to fight off predators. And so I would be turned into this anthropomorphic pangolin that has natural armor. And then if superheroes come at me, I just roll into a ball and I have armor. And for my, Uh, arch enemy i wanted to go with hot girl Mm. from justice league and i thought i thought it would just be interesting because i could just curl into a ball and then she hits me with her hammer with her it's a mace right it's like electric mace mace. so yeah so she just hits me and i just fly but i have armor so i'm good i'm covered Hmm. and then i just kind of whip at her with my tail while i'm in a ball 
So you basically revert into your Pokemon form, Pokeball. Yep. And then you get, ah! Yeah, I basically made Sandshrew. Okay. I don't know what that means. But, um... Oh, jeez. I'm sure... Earth Cartago! ...would be very happy to turn you into a uh, pangolin. Yeah, if he knows what that is. Yeah, he'd be like, hold on, let me let me like, get my be like, is that a bird? Britannica. Yeah, is that a bird? Okay, here's a penguin. I found. <laughs> like I said, pangolin. All right, well, I think it's time that we close the book on the cheetah. Is there anything, last thoughts that we want to say? Anything else that we need to say about the cheetah? Uh, I would just say that it's a character that I had very low expectations for, but was <laughs> surprisingly... <laughs> I'm going to keep it real here. I, when we decided to research Cheetah, I thought that it was going to be pretty boring. But from the creator's backstories to all the different incarnations and abilities, powers, the the different takes on art, it, it was so diverse and interesting that I have a newfound respect for the character. I think that the Rebirth series did a great job of making the character even more relatable and real and having a strong connection to her enemy with Wonder Woman. So fantastic character. I I'm excited to see what they do with it in the films. Yeah. I'm, I think this episode turned out really well. It's um, I would almost say it's uh, what's the word I'm thinking of, you know, like magnificent are we, or are we, Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to do another pun. Oh, well I was hoping you would do it. <laughs> <laughs> perfect Jeez. Oh, goodbye everyone <laughs> so until next time this is Chris and Lance reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer Yeah. <laughs>